Hi there, and welcome to the Third Impact Anime Podcast, where we talk about anime, video games, and conventions, with a healthy amount of existential dread mixed in. You can find out more about our podcast by following us on Twitter, at T-I underscore anime. Or just like us on Facebook to not see our posts, because that's just how it is now. Thanks again for stopping by, and enjoy the show! Hey guys, just real quick before we jump into this special episode. Uh, This episode is actually going to be an interview. Recently, a couple of us uh, got to attend the annual convention Animazement in Raleigh, North Carolina. It's our big, like, home con thing that we all try and go to every year. Uh, Myself and Tori and Ryan and Tobias and Marissa and my brother came for one day. We all got to go, and a handful of us did panels. Tobias did around like eight or nine hours, and I did two panels myself, and Marissa and Ryan both did two as well. So we got a whole lot of programming in there. Um, And if any of you guys out there listening got a chance to attend one of our panels, uh, we'd really appreciate to hear any of your thoughts that you have on them. Uh, We got some great feedback initially like right after our panels were over um, our audiences were super and they were really fun and engaging so we really really appreciate everyone coming out for that and it was a lot of fun um, but uh, as I said this episode is a interview episode I sit down with one of the guests from uh, Animazement Mr. JP Yates he was kind enough to sit down with me for 45 minutes and let me uh, talk to him about his life and his work Uh, related to um, international education uh, in and outside of Japan. And we talk about uh, some of the panels that he's done, some of his work history, uh, working as an Aikawa teacher, working as a, um, I think, an international recruiter for um, uh, Epcot Center and numerous other universities throughout his uh, career in education. And uh, we talk about, you know... um, uh, him coming to Animazement for a number of years because he's come as a guest for probably about the last 10 years and we talk about just his job and all the interesting things um, that are found therein. And coming up with other uh, Third Impact anime related things, we do have another convention coming up at the end of this month. At the end of June, it is Hamacon in Huntsville, Alabama and that will be held on June the weekend of June 22nd through the 24th. And uh, we're really excited to go down there and put on some awesome panels. We are a slated guest for that convention, uh, which we really appreciate uh, Hamacon reaching out and wanting us to be a part of it. So we're very, very excited to put on panels for them. Um, we'll be unveiling a whole bunch of new panels down there as well, some that you guys hopefully will be very, very excited for. And uh, if any of you Alabamians down there uh, want to come say hi, we'd really appreciate it and we'd love to talk to you. And uh, one final quick thing, I did want to uh, to say this on the podcast real quick. Um, uh, recently, uh, this past weekend, actually the Sunday morning of Animazement, um, I got the call that my uh, grandmother had uh, had a very significant stroke, and uh, she actually ended up passing away. Uh, she was uh, 86 years old. Um, she was a huge huge, huge influence on my life. We were very, very close um, for the entirety of my life, and I uh, I really hate to lose her, um, but um, I do really appreciate all of the members of Third Impact Anime and all of my wonderful friends and family for uh, being there for me during this really tough time, and, you know, Andrew, my brother, and I um, both 
both really, really appreciate it. So, um, just thank you. And I wanted to get that out there and say that. Um, and that's a little bit of why I haven't been as active on social media and whatnot, just because I've kind of been, you know, trying to stay away from it and try and focus more on like, you know, getting myself recuperated from this and going through all of the, you know, necessary preparations for the, um, uh, things and whatnot. So, um, but, uh, anyway, I, uh, hope you guys really enjoy this episode. Um, JP Yates was a really cool guy to talk to. He's a very funny dude. And I got, and I hope that you guys might learn something from this and I'll include his social media in the, uh, in the end of the episode. I think he mentions it as well. Um, so please enjoy. Welcome to another episode of the Third Impact Anime Podcast. I'm the host, Austin, here uh, with a very special guest. We've got Mr. J.P. Yates. How's it going, sir? Excellent. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me on. No problem. Thank you for being on here. We really appreciate it. And where are we? We are on the uh, the upper level of the Raleigh Convention Center at a tiny little intimate gathering called Animazement of 14,000 of our closest friends. Absolutely. And <laughs> sometimes their grandmothers. Exactly. Hopefully. <laughs> I, actually, I love it when the... Uh, the, the older grandparents come in with them yeah, uh, because you can see the look of absolute bewilderment for about the first hour yeah, and then by the end of it they're taking pictures of everybody just like everybody else. I, oh yeah. I, I absolutely dig it. Like it's not a, it's not a grandparent situation but my dad like early on whenever I first started going to cons he would bring me because I couldn't drive right? and he would cosplay as Obi-Wan Kenobi because <laughs> he's just got that look. <laughs> um, we got him like an official like Jedi robe and a lightsaber and uh, he does it every now and again but now that's that, fantastic yeah, it's pretty that's cool um, so um, we are here at Animazement and uh, we're gonna sit down and just chat with you a little bit about uh, what you do uh, personally and professionally um, so I guess just introduce yourself give us sure. like the spark notes version of who who is JP Yates and what do you do he's a, he's a bald idiot that keeps sneaking his way into these things awesome. uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, currently my day job uh, I'm the, uh, and this is the most pretentious title I've ever had. Mm -hmm. I, I completely fess up to that. I'm the executive director of international recruitment at a tiny little university of 23,000 people uh, called the University of Akron uh, in Northeast Ohio. So I actually got in that because my, uh, my old boss from when I lived in Tokyo became the president of the University of Akron and was silly enough to hire me again. Um, so what I do in a, in a typical day is I, I run a team that does all of the international admissions. We do the scholarships. We do uh, we help out with the study abroad, with uh, research partnerships, all that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, it, just, it basically keeps me on the road a lot. I was, I was very happy this year. I got to add a new country. So my 86th country I've been to was this spring in Mongolia. And wow. I thoroughly enjoyed that because, you know, when you think of Mongolia, you, you only think of one thing, and they've absolutely embraced it. You actually fly into the Genghis Khan International Airport. It's wow. the best. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's uh, that's my day job. I'm on the road about 16 weeks a year. Mm -hmm. uh, and then uh, 
every year Animazement is, is kind enough to let me keep coming back. So uh, in, my, in my personal life, I'm very much a geek. Uh, I, I embraced, I've embraced the geek culture from uh, back when it was pretty much a reason to get hung from a stop sign by your underwear. Yeah, yeah. Uh, back in, before in the 80s. Were cool. Exactly. Before, yeah. Back when it was, uh, I always joked that it was the civil rights era of geekdom. Uh, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. That, uh, you know, you had to, to actually fight for your, for your mm-hmm. fandom. Uh, and before the internet, before we all got, were able to uh, connect with each other. Um, and I just love that, that it's been accepted so much uh, as, as the years have gone on. Yeah. So. It's like now we're living in a world where, you know, superheroes and sci-fi movies are like the biggest blockbuster hits every exactly. single year. So it's hard to say that nerd culture is not like mainstream now. Absolutely. It's, it's kind of incredible when you think about it in that in like historical context of like... Well, shoving in lockers and stuff. From, you know, just when I went to go see Deadpool yeah. uh, last week, you know, in the theater they have the, the year-long Jeepity series. Yes. And I'm just like, that's at, a, that's at a Cinemark in Ohio. Yeah. You, 15 years ago, I would have never dreamed they would, they would have shown every Jeepity movie ever in yeah. Ohio at a mainstream theater. Yeah, it's so. crazy to think that you can go to the theater in 2018 and see Grave of the Fireflies. Exactly. It's such an Which nobody should see. I love GBD, but <laughs> if, if you don't come away from that somewhat depressed and possibly wanting yeah. to harm yourself, you're, there's something off with yeah. you. Just, I love that movie, but it, it hurts me every time I watch it. Rest in peace, Takahata. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. I dedicate this episode to you, Takahata. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, you spoke a little bit about Animazement, but how long have you been personally coming to this convention? I, this is actually, I came the first year that it was in the convention center when they had expanded uh, here into the convention center. Uh, geez, I, I want to say it was either 2009 or 2009. It's probably 2009. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I totally, part of our recruitment strategy, I was with Temple University Japan campus. I was the, the head of international admissions at that point. Uh, so it was just a thing of where we wanted to have a table, uh, wanted to give out brochures, wanted to recruit. Uh, and it came about because we were doing that at a lot of anime conventions. And unlike other ones, this is actually run by a high school teacher. Uh, oh, wow. is actually the, the head person, uh, Aoyagi Sensei. And she, of course, I don't want to make it sound like it's a one-woman show, but she yeah. is the busiest woman on the planet. <laughs> she has an amazing team behind her as well. But uh, she actually teaches high school Japanese. Um, and I've been recruiting at her schools, uh, visiting her classes, and she said, we'd really like you to come to this. And so for two years, I came and uh, I did presentations specifically about Temple. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember, because my, my first amazement was 2010, and I right. came to one of those. There you yeah. go, and, and, and I didn't scar you for life, obviously. Only so. a little. <laughs> scar me enough to remember your name. There you go. Years, so, yeah. <laughs> So uh, I think I still have the pen that you. Yeah, oh, those are the best out. pens. Yeah. Mitsubishi Jetstream pens. <laughs> They're the best pens on the planet. Um, I still ask for them when I see the Temple people now. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that was a couple of years, and then we ran out of budget at Temple to keep doing this because this is a very odd time of year yeah. to come to the U.S. to recruit. And uh, the the con was kind enough to keep flying me in because they they like me, so I became a much more broad speaker talked about moving to Japan talked about study abroad working that kind of thing um, and then one year I think it was the fourth year I started doing uh, an hour of basically just comedy about what an idiot I was in Japan all the, yeah. the dumb things I've done and and continue to do because I spend a month there every year um, you have an example of one of your little bits that you ooh, one uh, this is a mixed audience right so I have to keep it somewhat PG um, <laughs> 
Sure. So, uh, wasn't one of the. Uh, in Japan, obviously, there's a uh, there's a culture uh, amongst a lot of people of imbibing in in potent liquids. Let's mm. say um, booze. Yes, yes. <laughs> and uh, I tried to keep up with somebody who was much better at it than me. Mm, I see. One year at Christmas and uh, at Shibuya Station, the busiest train station in the world, there's a giant pink Christmas tree every oh, wow. year, right at Christmas. And I have no recollection of this, but apparently I stopped 50 people, strangers, not people with our group, just absolute strangers, and, and made them take pictures with me with the Christmas tree. And this is the part that could only happen in Japan. It was with their own phones. Wow. So there's 50 people that just, I'm sure to this day, go, look at this idiot, uh, as they, <laughs> they show on their phone the, the me just cheesily smiling into the camera. So that's that's one, but there's there's tons. Uh, I certainly hope that at least some of them made them made that their like Facebook profile picture. For, <laughs> I hope so too. For that would be fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> or line messenger or whatever. But yeah, a lot of it was uh, was when I was a younger guy and I was uh -huh. there teaching English, and uh, I just didn't know anything. I or I decided to move to Japan about a month before I actually moved. Wow. Uh, had never taken a lick of Japanese. Uh, had never studied. My Japanese roommate convinced me to move, and uh, he taught me. The three things he thought I needed to know to survive, which were Watashi wa America Jin desu, I'm American. Watashi wa Dokushin desu, which is I'm single. Mm -hmm. And Dai Joki Biru Kurosai, large beer, please. So, <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> and he wasn't far off. That really, that worked for about two months. Wow, that's awesome. <laughs> um, so how did, did you go to Japan to work through a particular program? I did. Um, and again, this is back in the early days of the internet. Um, you know, back when we, we still had to, to start the fire to get the, the dial-up modem going. Uh, As you do. Exactly. So I went through a, a company. There's Eikai uh, was a, a $5 billion a year industry in Japan, uh, which is English conversation schools. You're not really a teacher. You're just a safe person to speak English with. Right. Uh, without fear of embarrassment or anything like that. Um, isn't there like a level of dialect coaching in that as there well? There is, like in they, idioms and that yeah. kind of thing. Uh, one of my favorite experiences was they gave me a group of engineers getting transferred to Tennessee from Nissan. Wow. And because I was from the South and I got to teach them Southern. Uh, and you should have seen How the happiness. Exactly. You should have seen the happiness on their faces when we got to ain't. Because um, I said <laughs> ain't and they all got so excited and I didn't understand it. And I said, why are you guys so excited? And they said, oh, JP Sensei. This is the best word. And I said, why? And they said, there is no conjugation. I ain't, you ain't, we ain't, they ain't. It's all the same. Hey, when, you, when you put it that way, it's pretty genius. <laughs> exactly. So obviously, we're evolving the language of Southerners. I'm yeah, Southern yeah. myself. So uh, I, that, that tickled me a lot. But so no, it was a, it's a $5 billion industry. And there's a bunch of private schools, uh, yeah. very similar like Berlitz used to be in the US. Uh, and Berlitz actually runs some in... Uh, in Japan as well. But uh, if I had known about it, I probably would have gone for a program run by the government called the JET program, the Japan yeah. Exchange Teaching Program. That one's a very popular it's one. It's very popular, and when you meet foreigners who have done very well either in Japan or connected to Japan, chances are they're a JET alum. Yeah. Uh, they, it's just it's a fantastic program. Nothing wrong with it. Most of the Akaiwa companies do research. Basically, if you go alphabetically, you're good. Higher up in the alphabet, the better. Uh, as a general rule of thumb, but Jet, if you can get into Jet, that's the way to go. So um, many of your jobs have been in recruitment. Mm -hmm. um, so exactly, what what are you recruiting students for? Like, are you doing that for like to go to these conversation schools, or exactly what what is that? Well, look it's like? uh, it's taken a uh, a few different turns. The majority of my career, it's just been international students. Uh, 
for my my army of darkness to take over the world. No, it was I to see. study. I knew it was one of those two. I won't tell anybody. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, I worked at a, a medical school, and I would go to recruit medical students. Uh, I worked in te- when I worked in Temple. We I had a team, and we traveled the whole world looking for people to move to Tokyo, and you know. Uh, get their degree at Temple of Japan campus and preferably stay in, in Tokyo. There's a, there's a real need for skilled immigrants in Japan. They stopped having babies years ago. Right, right. Um, the population pyramid's just upside down and, yeah. and the government's doing their very best, but it's just a cultural thing. It's very hard to shift. Yeah. Um, and then since I've come back to the States, it's been the reverse of it. I've been uh, going to all, all these other countries, convincing people to come to the, the States to study. Um, do you do any of that to get uh, prospective students to go out to universities and schools in rural Japan as well? Or is it mainly just the big cities? Well, when I come here and speak, I talk about going everywhere. Okay. Um, now, obviously, you know, one out of every four Japanese people lives in the, the Tokyo metro area. Right. So there's a lot of schools there. But I do talk about, you know, don't don't pass up Sapporo. I love right. Sapporo. Don't pass up Aichi. Don't pass up Hiroshima. Because uh, they're all interesting towns. Because why would everyone want to live in New York here? Right. Uh, nothing wrong with the town, but it's not for everybody. Right. So, uh, when I speak here and I talk about studying in Japan and moving to Japan, I absolutely talk about options outside of Tokyo. But no, when uh, when I'm out recruiting, I'm, I'm specifically recruiting for the people paying me. Uh, right. <laughs> <Fair> <laughs> so right now, I, I talk about the wonders of Akron, Ohio. Uh, right, right. Which actually is the home of LeBron James. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, Do you there's use a, that as a frequent page? Absolutely. Because yeah. he's actually said in a ton of interviews, you know, he never went to college. He went to high school right across the street from uh-huh. our university. He never he went straight to the NBA. He said in a million interviews when he retires, he's going to get a world history degree at the University of Akron. So hey, you, you could go. be in class with King James. I'm just putting yeah, that out there. It's possible. <laughs> and, you know, even in other countries, that's a huge draw. When I go to China, people perk up like that, like that, yeah, about that like you wouldn't believe. Wow, yeah. Um, when I go to Sweden, they could not care less. So <laughs> wow. But it's all, again, it's all cultural. So, yeah, yeah. Well, entertainment's but, a major export. Absolutely. So, I mean, but, we wouldn't have an amazement without, you know. Exactly. And I do. A cultural export. I do go every year to a, uh, a rural school up in the, uh, it's a ski town, actually, uh, in Japan called Kuruizawa. Uh, and United, the International School of Asia Kuruizawa, which is part of a network of schools all around the world that takes kind of disadvantaged kids and gives them a real like prep boarding school experience and then they, they tend to be the smartest kids on the planet uh, called the United World Colleges um, but I go there and I do you know of course I talk about my school but then I also do kind of a boot camp about this is what it this is how you apply to US schools this is uh, some tips and tricks that kind of thing gotcha um, so Go back to something you mentioned a little bit earlier. You sure. said that you've done some work similar to this for other conventions before. Mm-hmm. Oh no! When I was working with other conventions, it was one of those where even sometimes I was paying to be at the conventions. Oh yeah. To have a uh, a table and and you know be able to give out literature. And amazement is really unique in that they really embrace the cultural and educational legs as well. It's you know I love Seiyu. I love anime. I love. Uh, and I totally geek out in the, the green room. I, uh, they shouldn't let me in there, but they keep giving me the guest name tag, so yay. Um, so in I, some of the previous years, like, can you recall any of more unique uh, guest interactions that you particularly Absolutely, remember? and he's here again this year, Oweda-san. Uh-huh. Uh, I have such a man crush on Oweda-san. He's the best. Uh, he's I the lo- uh, A1 Pictures. Exactly. He's, yeah. the, he's the you know, Mobile Suit Gundam, the, yeah. the original, um, which is one of my favorite anime anyway. Uh, but he's just the coolest guy. Uh, 
I, I can't remember if it was two or three years ago. I know Rachel and June were here, so it was no later than three years ago. Mm-hmm. Or no earlier than three years ago. But the Sunday night after the con, we just started playing Daifugo, which is a, a Japanese card game. Uh, and Rachel's going to hate me for Rachel of Rachel and June fame mm-hmm. uh, is going to hate me for, for putting this out there but she is super competitive oh, really? holy cow she's the sweetest woman 99% of the time but when we start playing the game she gets a little cutthroat <laughs> uh, <laughs> so anyway uh, we just stayed playing up Daifugo until 4am wow. uh, with the weight is on and that's that's one of my absolute best memories because he's just the coolest guy in all of these all of them are so genuine. I have to say that there's nobody that's too cool for the green room. Yeah. There's nobody that. Uh, I mean, even last night, uh, Jason. This is his uh, his first anime. Him and Elizabeth both. Uh, Elizabeth Maxwell. You know, they sat there asking questions like you're asking me, like, "Oh, hey, what does this mean? You know, yeah, what yeah. countries have you been to? Hey, I've been to Shanghai. Let's talk about Shanghai." Yeah, yeah. It wasn't just you know. Oh, I'm too cool for you. Which they absolutely are. <laughs> but I like that they're faking it for me. Right, right. <laughs> Who, who's this nerd in exactly. works in academia? Exactly. <laughs> so, but that's what I love about Animazement is that they they really value all three legs of it. And, yes. You know, we and it's worked. I mean, it keeps growing every year. Um, from the first year I was here to, to this year, I, I mean, it's almost doubled. Uh, and it wasn't small the first year I came. Yeah. So. Okay, so switching gears a little bit, we'll okay. talk, talk, so, talk about some of the panels that you do here. <laughs> so uh, can you give us like a list of the panels that you sure. do and like a brief description about I'll even them? try to remember all of them. Sure. <laughs> do your best. So there's the panels I do, and then because, you know, I, I feel so grateful to them for letting me be here, uh, I also MC quite a few of them as well. So I may mix them up. I apologize. But uh, today, I'm at 12.15, I'm doing the, uh, an, a panel on eSports. Uh, my university is one of eight Division One schools that treats eSports like football at any school. Uh, Which games do they play? So we have varsity teams for Overwatch, uh, Rocket League, um, League of Legends, and Hearthstone. Nice. So uh, everybody's asked me about Fortnite. Fortnite's not going to be next year. Who knows about the year after that. Uh, we definitely have club teams at Fortnite. We have club teams from Melee. Uh, you yeah. should see the, uh, the the CRTs we have in that stadium. <laughs> so I'm doing that today. Um, I'm emceeing for our uh, Rakugo comedian for uh, oh yeah the, for our sit down comedy today. I love him. Um, he's amazing. He speaks so many languages. He's done Rakugo in French and Spanish and English and Japanese. Wow. Uh, and he's just the funniest guy. Uh, and then we'll, uh, we'll have the opening ceremonies, of course. Then tomorrow, uh, I have an autograph session that I couldn't get out of. I tried so hard, because uh, it's Rachel and June and I sitting together, and everyone's gonna think I'm just the coordinator for Rachel and June. Um, and I'm gonna completely foster that, that uh, misconception. Uh, I'm sure they would not mind. Uh, exactly. <laughs> uh, then we do our Ask Me Anything, which went really, really well last year. That was actually, uh, that was a packed room, and it was the one of the bigger rooms. Uh, we, we can't guarantee that doesn't go above PG-13. We try, but we right. don't know what questions people are going to ask. Uh, my favorite one last year was, will they sell a June body pillow? Um, <laughs> I mean, they should. <laughs> it seems to be like it would make money. <laughs> um, then, I, again, I, I'm starting to mix up, but uh, I do my comedy hour tomorrow uh, about what an idiot I am in Japan. Mm-hmm. And then Sunday, I'll do my... Uh, my very serious how to move to Japan, the study abroad, the study, get your degree, how to work there. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about marriages, because just to be honest, if 
you're if you don't have a Japanese girlfriend here and or boyfriend or partner uh, and you move over there you'll probably end up with one I mean there's a lot of intercultural marriages uh, right. between Japan and here so we talk a little bit about that uh, I was married to a Japanese woman for 15 years so a uh, little bit of experience with that um, and then I'm also in seeing I'm in seeing the 99 uh, panel where they're question and answer oh, our yeah. J-pop group that's going to be here this year on Sunday and I'm also I can't remember if it's tomorrow or Sunday but I'm emceeing the uh, the women in Japan panel so I just get to sit there and again bask in the the awesomeness that is uh, a lot of our, our female contributors to the uh, the, the culture so, yeah. so um, in these panels where you like get audience questions mm -hmm. about like living in Japan working in Japan all sure. that stuff like what are some of the most common questions that you wish people would quit asking you? <laughs> I never wish people would quit asking me questions because then they won't invite me anymore. <laughs> so, um, I, you know, my joke is always there's no such thing as a stupid question, but there are ones that will laugh at you about. Mm -hmm. um, so, no, I mean, the, the most common ones are, you know, do they have forks? I, I, I usually get that from some of our younger ones. And like, not only do they have forks, they'll assume you can't use chopsticks. <laughs> The, uh, you know, the obviously this is an anime convention, so people are very into that kind of culture. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, there a lot of the, the really obvious questions about, oh, is there anime everywhere? I'm like, well, when you go to work or you go to school, is Captain America everywhere? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> on people's shirts and things, but it's not, like, plastered on right, the walls. Right, right, um, So it's just the same kind of thing. It's not like an anime wonderland yeah. or anything. It's not so much a question, but it is something that I always say. We're obviously, we're very focused on this part of the culture. Yes. But just like here, not everybody's in to, to the geek culture here. Right. Um, so don't assume every time you meet someone from Japan that they're going to know every anime you're into. Right. Um, when I first moved to Japan back uh, right out of college, before the Marvel Cinematic Universe started... I mean, I think Spider-Man had come out, the original mm -hmm. Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. Yeah. Uh, and that was it. I was, because I was American, I was the, uh, the, the expert on all Americomi, which is uh, American comic books mm -hmm. in Japanese, right? And fortunately for them, I did know a lot of it, but I had a guy corner me and want to talk to me about Sandman for two hours. And I oh, had not yeah. gotten into Vertigo yet. I didn't know anything about Sandman. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I, I kept saying, I'm very sorry, I don't know it. Oh, well, but you must know. Da, 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 da. And so just watch out for that in reverse. That, that right, you yeah. know, hey, do you know blank is fine, but then don't just bulldoze your way through if they say no. Right, right. So. Like somebody might, you know, be able to talk to you about One Piece a whole lot, but maybe exactly. not necessarily this old obscure 80s anime that exactly. only you and five of your closest friends like. And that's that's always <laughs> what I'm into is the old obscure 80s anime. Yeah. So. Like I, don't, I don't think Ninja Scroll is particularly yeah. popular in Japan. No, nope, like not terribly. Something that just caught on here. Exactly. Because of time and place thing. Exactly. So, um, so yeah, that's... But no, there are no, I, I welcome all questions and I never yeah. get tired of it because, you know, even though I may have been talking about it for almost 20 years now, you know, it may be somebody else's first time ever interacting with somebody who's, who's been to Japan. So, right. Or who's had experience with Japan. So, no, I want to keep people excited about not just Japan, but just international. I want 10% of Americans on a passport, and that just saddens me. We, we've got to get above that. Yeah. So. And I'm sure it's interesting if, like, the things that you hear repeated over and over, you sort of get an idea of, like, what the general cultural thought processes are on certain things. Sure. I'm sure that's fascinating to yep. hear about, like the forks thing and yep. things like that. Um, so I, I guess... Will, I will admit, I've been out with friends in Japan and uh, we'll have somebody new to the group and I'll be using chopsticks and they'll say, oh, you use chopsticks so well. You will hear that compliment so often. In other words, if you're not stabbing it like a spear yeah. and shoving it in your mouth, you use chopsticks so well. 
right, so I, I was I just come right down, back. And, stop stabbing food like a spear <laughs> in my chopsticks. So I was just come right back and I tell the Japanese person, I'm like, oh, you're using that drinking glass so well. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> and then that's a very funny kind of disarming way for them to realize, you know, yeah. hey, we're, we're being a little patronizing. Right. So, right. <laughs> so um, what are some uh, questions that you wish, I guess this might be a difficult question, sure. like things you wish people were more curious about? I do. I, I wish people were more curious about the whys of things, mm -hmm. right? So Japan, I love Japan, and it's one of the most easily accessible to Americans, specifically, mm -hmm. uh, countries at the surface level. But it's really, you really have to, to be very careful in the questions that you ask about the whys of things, because it's a very consensus-based country, right? right? Uh, you'll never hear the word no, right? No one will ever tell you no. They'll go, mm, let me think about it, or... Mm, I don't know. That means no. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's a so. As a matter of fact, there's a saying in Japanese that says the nail that sticks up gets hammered down. Oh, I see. <laughs> so very much focused on like the collective. Exactly. So uh, just some. It's not even the question. Just the sensitivity of when you're asking for things. Mm -hmm. Just oblique. The the maybe the the the, the side approach rather than our very American way of being very direct and yeah. Uh, very brash because mm -hmm. um, there are topics that are sensitive in Japan and you know they're they're too nice to tell you to stop asking that right. <laughs> or to ask it a different way so just uh, the sensitivity to that would be what I'd say so for example um, you know there's the Hiroshima you know Hiroshima is a sensitive subject Hiroshima Nagasaki uh, I've, I've witnessed a lot of Americans just be very, very blunt with that and kind of cause those awkward silences. Yeah. Um, so when we talk about the history of things, yeah, just be sensitive that it might not be the same perception that, that we have that they have of it. Right. So Just be, be mindful, I guess. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Because, you know, we want to love each other. We want to all get along. Uh, so, you know, don't, uh, don't crap the bed. Right. That's yeah. <laughs> I guess do do more listening than talking. Sometimes. Exactly. Exactly. L learn to read the room, I suppose. Exactly. And that's one of the hardest things for Americans in Japan is yeah. uh, when because we're very used to hearing no from yeah. a very early age, uh, and when you don't hear no, you, you a lot of people will just kind of bowl forward and go, oh, well, everything's fine. Yeah. And it's not. So yeah, reading the room that's actually a great way to put it. Yep. So. All right, well, let's switch gears a little bit. You okay. used to work for Disney. I did work for Disney. So tell us a little bit about that. Uh, it was fantastic. I actually, I, I was a giant Disney freak all through middle school and high school. And, you know, and that was the Alan Minken uh, kind of heyday. That was, you know, uh, Beauty and the Beast had just come out. Uh, uh, the beginning Aladdin. of the Renaissance. Exactly. Yeah. You know, we'd had that Oscar and Company. We're not going to talk about Oscar and Company. <laughs> uh, uh, we'd, had, we'd had the Dark Ages since Jungle Book. Yeah. <laughs> so, not not uh, a Black Cauldron fan. No, you know, I'm personally a Black Cauldron fan, but that was just because I was hugely into Dungeons and Dragons. That's as well. That's, that's a very deep. <laughs> but none movie. of my friends were. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it was it was that. Uh, I started working for my local Disney store as soon as I turned 18 because that was their requirement. Um, and then the the college program recruiters came through campus and uh, were looking for people, and of course I went to the session. And I actually became friends with the guy who recruited me later. And uh, they had, back then, they do it differently now. It's a whole internet process. But yeah. back then, it was just a, a three-by-five note card. Then you filled out your basic information. You had to pick your top three areas that you wanted to work in. And everybody put the same top three. They would put attractions, because everybody wants those that are the coolest, of course, right? Yeah. 
Then they put merchandise because they figure, hey, that's air conditioned. Yep. Uh, and then they would put full service wait staff because then at least you got tips. Yeah. All right. So I did put I put attractions because it's the coolest, and I put merchandise because I'd worked at the Disney stores. But then I put transportation, and apparently oh. I'd been the only person that year that put transportation. Uh, and he asked me why, and I said, well, you know, if I can't get the first two, at least I want to do something cool like drive the monorail or be on the back of the parking lot tram making all the cheesy jokes. Yeah, those, those guys are really underappreciated. <laughs> exactly. Sometimes they're hilarious. So uh, this was this was the fall of 1997. And so uh, my recruiter said he wrote right then, Kilimanjaro Safaris. And I was on the opening test team for Kilimanjaro Safaris. At, yeah, I was about uh, to say, like, Animal Disney. Kingdom just celebrated their 20th. Absolutely, yeah. yeah, it was a big deal. There was actually a reunion that I was not able to attend. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, I was, uh, I was there in February. We opened on Earth Day. We had a million celebrities come through. I drove, uh, my favorite one was I drove Harrison Ford and Jimmy Buffett together. Wow. Um, <laughs> on uh, on their safari and yep, they were crowd. hilarious. Um, they were really appreciative of the baboons reproducing. <laughs> Aren't we all? <laughs> <laughs> they just found that the the funniest thing. I was trying to keep it together, uh, but it was yeah, it was a great time. Um, so I went from that and uh, then I went back to school for a little bit. I did an advanced entertainment internship where I had to learn stage management, a lot of puppeteering. Uh, I was Simba and Nala in the, the Lion King show. Nice. For Can You Feel the Love Tonight, which was, to this day, still my favorite Disney movie. Mm -hmm. uh, yay for Hamlet on the Savannah. Uh, no doubt. Absolutely. And then uh, my boss from Safaris got promoted up to uh, the international programs office. He said, hey, you want to come work with all these international kids at Epcot? And I said, absolutely. So I was actually there for the Millennium, and there were a ton of special events. Got to meet the Crown Princess of Sweden. I was very happy when she got married. She got over me. Um, <laughs> that would have been complicated. I'm telling you, I'm telling you. But she again, would have kept you so busy. You exactly. Have been able to you know, you, you, you know? When can you sneak off from you know these state dinners to go play PlayStation? Oh I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, I had a great time through that. Was there for the Millennium Celebration. Stayed up for 72 hours. Worked 68 of them uh, for Oof. the actual Millennium yeah, yeah. for for it turning 2000. Uh, Make sure the Y2K fallout didn't. Exactly, we, that was a concern. People yeah. joke about it now, but we were actually scared of that. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it was. Uh, I, I did quite a few things with that. While I was doing that, I got to do the uh, the Tapestry of Nations parade, mm -hmm. which was all designed by Julie Taymor, who did Lion King on Broadway. Wow. Um, and that was my college thesis was on puppeteering. Uh, I was a theater major. Um, and so yeah, I had a great time. And then shortly after I graduated, I was still working them for a little while, and then my Japanese uh, friend convinced me to uh, to move to Japan. So, wow, that was uh, yeah. I had a, I had a, I had a great time at Disney. I highly recommend everybody work there at least once. Uh, but just be aware that it, it narrows very quickly. There's a lot of entry level people, a lot of first level managers, and then it goes very skinny. Mm -hmm. uh, it's more of an obelisk than a pyramid. Let's mm -hmm. put it that way. Much like in uh, uh, Mexico in. Epcot yeah. pyramid. Okay. <laughs> uh, well played. Bad well played. Joke, whatever. Uh, but the luckiest part of that, and I still, I was just in contact with the guy who got promoted from Animal Kingdom and then hired me into that. Mm -hmm. uh, he's actually the head of professional internship recruiting now. Okay. Um, and then uh, my other boss, who's one of my great mentors, I just had dinner with him in Orange County uh, last month. Uh, but that's the thing is the the connections you make at Disney. That's uh, and just learning that that model, that business model is amazing. Uh, customer service jokes. Uh, I, I do have to say that I am glad I can be way more inappropriate now. Um, you have to keep everything very clear. I, but I used to tell the cheesiest jokes. The the kids would come up and uh, I'd go, whoa, whoa, stop, stop. It's 
matter? Oh, you got a little poo on your shirt. <laughs> hey. hey. Oh, bother. <laughs> exactly. Oh, bother. So, yeah, it was, uh, and I did overtime as everything. I was in entertainment, uh, so I was friends with Tigger. I was friends with. Uh, oh, really? Yes. Wow. Uh, I was That's friends cool. with. Uh, Country Bears. I was very. They were my oh, best friends. I yeah. really enjoyed the Country Bears. Oh, I'm sure. Um, and then, uh, you know, got to do a ton of things. Phantom Menace had just come out. Uh, episode two was coming out. I got to do tons of overtime in the Star mm-hmm. Wars store and got to play with all the lightsabers and oh, everything. Cool. So yeah. It was, yeah, it was very very cool. Had a great time. Do you regret not being able to be friends with Ariel? <laughs> You know, I think that would have scarred many children for life. Uh, Probably. If, uh, Is that another Disney pun? Hey. No. <laughs> Scar. Hey. Uh, <laughs> no, be, it wasn't, but well played. Be prepared. Uh, just keep coming. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's all right. I was friends with people who were friends with Ariel. Oh, nice. And they quite enjoyed it. That's so, wonderful. There you go. Um, those princesses, whatever they get paid, they don't get paid enough. <laughs> And I still point with two fingers. It's been yes, it's yes. been year, almost twenty years, yeah. and and I, I still point with two fingers. And my girlfriend's so. got me doing that. Yeah. I've never worked there, so yeah. yeah. Um, so let's, I guess, in closing, let's just bring sure. it back around to what we're all here for: anime and manga. Absolutely. So, uh, when did you first hear the word anime, and was that after you heard the word Japanimation? Uh, or no, is I, that I never heard time? Japanimation. Okay. I didn't hear Japanimation for years and years afterwards. Okay. Uh, there was a guy named Chris Adams, it, who was my uh, my hero in high school and the nicest guy. He was he was a senior. Uh, actually, when I was in eighth grade, I did. It was a weird thing where I was doing some stuff at the high school, uh, and we just got the families got to be great friends and everything. But I mean, he introduced me to my favorite band, and he introduced me to Akira. Oh, so wonderful. he had a a. And I'm sorry to the the publishing house. But he had like a third generation copy, VHS copy of Akira. That was just the way back Exactly, then. you know, because there was no place in Goose Creek, South Carolina to go yeah. buy uh, Akira at that time. Now that's part of Charleston. We used to be the sticks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there's just no place to buy it. So yeah, Chris Adams uh, introduced me to Akira and to Cowboy Bebop yes. uh, and to uh, a few Ghost in the Shell, of course. So those were my first ones. So it was very much that kind of techno dystopian uh, anime and I just fell in love with it and of course as a little kid I didn't realize I was watching anime but I'd been watching Robotech and you know uh, Voltron and these shows that were were very mecha anime so to this day those are still my favorite the the mecha and dystopian anime but uh, yeah so that would have been 1990 1990 or 1991 uh, that I, I first got involved with it and just absolutely loved it uh, Macross Plus is still my favorite soundtrack Oh my gosh, uh, so I, good. I, I, so my ringtone right now is actually voices from, from Macross Plus. Is it like the Sharon Apple thing? No, it's the original. It's the, it's the Japanese. Oh, the song voices. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. So, gotcha. Um, but yeah, it's just... That's that's when I got into it, yep. was, uh, was that. And now, you know, I've, I've, of all we talked about Graveyard of the Fireflies and how that is actually a war crime. Yeah. Uh, crime Against Humanity, not a war crime. <laughs> Well, it's a great movie. Yeah. I don't want to keep dogging on it, but I, it's, it's so hard to watch. Yeah. Um, but all other GPD, you know, I yes. didn't get into that until I moved to Japan in 2001, and mm-hmm. I saw Totoro in Japan uh, again on DVD. Mm-hmm. Um, but Porco Rosso. Uh, my dream is to one year come to this and do cosplay as Porco yeah. Rosso. Great idea. <laughs> that movie just came out on the, the Ghibli Fest. Yep, it thing. did. And I was going to be here instead of, I was on my way here, I should say, yeah. instead of being able to watch it in Ohio. 
Darn. But that's that's my favorite. Porco Rosso. I, I just identify with him a lot. Yeah. <laughs> He's such a great character. Absolutely. You know, um, I know Miyazaki has said many different things about that movie in the mm. past. Like how initially he was a big fan of it and then he looks back on it and he's just like, oh, I shouldn't have made that movie. But right. um, but he has said that he feels personally close to the, the Pigman character. Yep. Yep. So maybe that's why he's like, oh no, I revealed too there much of myself. I, I'm channeling it. Yep. But, uh, but yeah, and then again, you know, bring it back to Animazement, you know, that everybody's here. You know, we have Luna. Right. We have original Luna here. Yes. Uh, Keiko Han, who is the nicest woman on the planet. I know I keep saying everybody's nice. But they really are. <laughs> She's so sweet. I was holding the elevator for her this morning, and uh-huh. she—it was like I had given her a kidney. Wow. <laughs> so, she's so sweet, and she is two feet tall. Um, but uh, absolutely love her to death. Uh, when the voice of Sasuke was here a few years ago, she was the nicest woman. Um, but yeah, the Americans say you, the Japanese say you, the animators, the directors. Our samurai troop, the Jackaballs, are the funniest guys. Mm-hmm. Um, What's Watanabe like? <laughs> I knew you were going to ask that. I got to know. He's um, like one of my favorite creators. He's he's been pretty chill so far. I actually haven't talked to him that much. Uh-huh. Um, he was he, he seemed to be having a good time at dinner last night. That's good. Um, but uh, it was his I birthday yesterday. It was, and we did we gave him a cake and we we sang to him. Excellent. Um, and uh, Awaita-san wanted us to sing again because he didn't get it too well on his cell phone. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, no, they're just, I mean, they're all so accessible. I mean, yeah. you just, uh, I don't know that our our American celebrities of that same level yeah. would be that same way. I don't know that they wouldn't, but my expectation is probably that the Japanese celebrities are, and our, our American say you yeah. and everybody that are here now, uh, are probably the most accessible. Yeah. Um, and they're all so excited to be here. There's um, definitely this sort of convention cultural difference between, like, if you go to a Comic-Con mm-hmm. in the U.S. or go to, like, an anime convention. Because usually if you go to an anime convention, like, you pay that upfront fee, you get your badge, and then everything else is generally free unless yeah. there's a super special event. Absolutely. But, like, if you go to Comic-Cons, like, you have to pay for the autograph, you have to pay for the picture. If you want to meet Bruce Campbell, you got to, like, wait in line for three hours and then pay 50 bucks, so... Mm-hmm. It's it's accessibility with a price, obviously, but at anime cons like that doesn't really exist. Like you can come here and you can meet most of the time you can come here and meet like these Japanese creators that are from I don't know half a world away at like no additional cost. It's really nice and intimate and cool. I do have to say <laughs> as I as I completely threw American celebrities under the bus. Uh, I do have to take it back because that reminded me uh, a couple of years ago I went to a doomed Comic Con as a guest. Not a guest, like I am here. I say just uh, I paid my uh, admission fee and went. A doomed Comic Con. A doomed Comic Con. It was a one time only. It turned out. Oh, I it see. Was not, it was not run well, I think. Okay. But it worked out for me because I did the VIP package, oh, so everything was nice. included with my autographs and whatnot. And very few people showed up, so I actually got to hang out with the celebrities way more than I should have. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I want to give absolute credit to the two that I hung out with the, the whole weekend. Um, neither of which are Americans. That might be it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But Deachin Lockman, uh, who was in Dollhouse and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., she was uh, the, the inhuman leader okay. uh, in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and she was uh, Roulette and Supergirl mm-hmm. and a bunch of other things. Um, absolutely the nicest woman. Uh, just very accessible. But Tomo Pinnaket from Dollhouse and Battlestar Galactica, he was Hilo in uh, Battlestar Galactica, mm-hmm. uh, just sat there. I mean, he's given me uh, suggestions on books to read based off of something I said and just 
chatting forever. So those those are the two where I, I completely it was worth paying that money. But you're absolutely right. Uh, at Animazement and anime conventions in general, it does seem to be much more of a, a one price, it's the whole experience. Yeah. As opposed to kind of nickel and diming you once you, you right, get it. Right. And, you know, it's just a difference in business model. And a lot of that is how they book the guests. Yeah. When they, they book the guests at Comic-Cons, a lot of it is, okay, we'll guarantee you this much if you don't make this much in autographs, if you don't yes. make this much in merch or, or right. that kind of thing. Whereas the anime conventions, it just tends to be a, a, the convention itself will cover those costs kind of up front. Right, so, right. And Animazement in and of itself is very unique because there are very few non-profit anime conventions correct. out there. Correct. Yep. So, and... It absolutely is. Everything, every every overage they make just gets reinvested into the next year. Yeah. So. It's pretty cool. And the whole point of this is to get people interested in Japan. Yeah. Uh, that it really is about Jap- uh, cultural exchange between Japan and America. Yeah. So, which I love, and as long as they're silly enough to keep inviting me back, I will happily keep coming back. Uh, if you know, if that's in the my rascal scooter, great. <laughs> be like a Masao Mariyama. There you go. Here, yeah. Oh, I would absolutely deck it out like a, uh, a Mario Kart. I yeah. Would. <laughs> That'd be, <wonderful>. yeah. <laughs> be great. Well, uh, well, thank you so much for sitting oh, down with thank me. Thank you, Austin. Great Appreciate chat. It. And uh, if people want to, do you have a social media presence? I do. I have, I have a social media presence. Uh, I was the last person on Twitter. Okay. Um, Congratulations. I thank you. I just started that two weeks ago. Nice. Uh, so you can find me on Facebook under JP Yates. It's me running with a giant pair of scissors. Okay. Uh, I think I've seen that. Yeah. yeah. It's a cool so pick. Th- thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, and then on uh, Twitter, it's J underscore P Yates. Somebody had claimed it before me because, again, I was the last person on Twitter. Uh, they might sell it back to you for like three grand Yeah, no. I, if, unfortunately, I work in higher ed, so that's not <laughs> an option. Uh, <laughs> so those are that's those are the two best places to, to follow me. That's And I post things about Animazement, of course, but I also post things from the uh, the travels yeah. uh, as I go to these 86 countries I've been to so far. Uh, if you're interested about... I assume a lot of food posts? There, there is a lot of food. Uh, but one of my favorite ones is on the Facebook page, but not yet. It wasn't, I wasn't on Twitter yet. Uh, I was in the, the Seoul airport in, uh, in Incheon, Korea. And out of nowhere, just in the ticketing area, there were like 20 cops that just started doing a choreographed dance. They had like a boom box, like an old school boom box. And playing this, you know, very K-pop song, and just started doing this very intricate choreographed dance, and then just wow. stopped and walked away. And I'm like, "What just happened?" <laughs> um, so incredible. there's things like that that, that that happen. So yeah, there will be surprising things on there as well. But yeah, there's a lot of food. There's a lot of sights. You know, uh, what they call it a magical moment in Disney. Exactly, yeah. exactly. It's just completely unexpected. Yeah. Um, You'll see when, you know, uh, a, a hotel thinks I'm not showing up, so the last room they give me is the presidential suite. So you can see what the presidential suite in uh, Tianjin, China looks like. <laughs> wow. They had a piano, and all I know how to do is that knuckle thing with the rum pum pum rum pum pum And I was doing that for two hours. <laughs> That's why they gave it to you. Exactly. I'm like, I don't care if, I, if they hear it or not. <laughs> That's amazing. Excellent. Well, again, thank you so much. Excellent. I really appreciate thank it. Thank you, Austin. And, uh, I appreciate it. You listeners out there, you know where to find us. But if you want to listen to more uh, Third Impact things or figure out the stuff that we're doing in Animazement, but this episode will not be up until probably weeks from now because that's just how I edit. I'm not that fast. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you can just follow us on Twitter, do all that normal stuff. But uh, thanks again, sir. Appreciate yes, it. Uh, Have a great time. Thank you very yeah. much.
Thank you guys for listening to yet another episode of the Third Impact Anime Podcast, and we just want to thank Mr. J.P. Yates yet again for coming on the show. Uh, He was a great guest to talk to, had a lot of awesome things to say, as you heard, and I hope you guys enjoyed uh, hearing what he had to say. So um, thank you very much for listening, and um, wherever it is that you guys are listening to this episode, whether it be on iTunes or Stitcher or Google Play or whatever it is that you're using, uh, please drop us a rating and a review. Um, It really helps out for our show's visibility and to get more listeners, which is always a good thing. Uh, So we really appreciate it and hope you enjoyed the episode and we will talk to you in the next one. Have a good night.